0: hey what's up everybody um before we get started i just want to let you know about our first sponsor can you believe that shit um two foot parade records two foot parade is an independent record label based in kalamazoo michigan whose uh mission is to invest in artists without requiring them to give the label partial ownership of their work so um very 2020 you know very uh in with the times They, they get it they get the struggle very anti spotify bullshit um Some of their stuff that they have out, they have the bobber and produce cassettes by Pistol Gang available for purchase on their website. Um, They have a Marietta compilation record available on their website. Um, The pre-order is live for Nest Lake's Low Light cassette. Um, And if you're a band and you're interested in submitting to Two Foot Parade records, they have submissions through their website at twofootparade.com. They're at Two Foot Parade on all social media and i think they're great um i've met gabe personally cool cat i could say that didn't mean to rhyme there but yeah we're really excited to have a sp- uh a sponsor and for it to be a sponsor whose mission that we can actually believe in here in the podcast um so big thanks and enjoy the episode Yo, so, welcome to episode 97 of Invite the Neighbors. This is Brian Porter, your host. Um, On this episode, I chatted with Detroit band Blank Tape Tax. They're definitely one of the more interesting bands we've had on the podcast in terms of, like, what they do with music. Uh, They're promoting a single, which is a cover of a punk song that they did in jazz stylings, and I'll let them explain the thought process behind that because it, it might sound a little bit odd or crazy at first because it did to me, but the way they explain it and what went into that is actually really thoughtful and really cool. Um, so yeah, check that out. They talk about where you can find it and stuff in the episode and where you can find their band, but they're a huge band and <laughs> there's like a, a part in there in this episode where we like tried to introduce all of them and it kind of takes a while. So, um, you know, sorry if that is like... The uh, it kind of comes to a screeching halt I'll just, and that's my fault as the host but you know just get past that and um, you know it's hard to do a discord episode with like nine people but overall this episode is really good um, and really interesting um, to hear you know like I said what goes into their choices as a band you know their jazz influences but not being like a jazz band um, so yeah if you want to follow the podcast please do that instagram invite the neighbors twitter at itn pod um you want to support us on patreon patreon.com invite the neighbors really appreciate it and if you're a band or a record label or somebody who wants to promote something with ad space um you heard the commercial at the beginning of the episode um we have very reasonable rates like super super affordable so hit us up invite the neighbors at gmail.com if you're interested in something like that all right here is episode 97 with blank tape text
1: often do you guys record
0: okay so uh, since i just started recording i'm i'm gonna restate you, you just asked like how how often do we release episodes and how often do we record them so i for a while during the pandemic we were going crazy recording like three to four episodes a week which is just unsustainable for my mm. sanity. Yep. many as well i'm
2: sure um and, yeah, really bleeding into my uh, Final Fantasy 14 time. I, I
0: know, I know. I'm, I ask a lot of Benny to the point where I
2: had to play during recording of episodes.
0: <laughs> I know, I you know, and I understand that. And I'm I'm a really laid back boss, but um, but no, like we, I put out one episode a week. Sometimes I don't put out an episode, and if I don't put out an episode for the people who listen to this and have noticed that, sometimes mm-hmm. because I was really lazy. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. or sometimes i get depressed like a normal person and i just don't put out an episode but normally one per week um and lately i've been just recording trying to record one episode per week because otherwise i just i don't have the same level of interest you know what i mean like i naturally mm-hmm. don't have the energy to do yeah. like that many conversations with you know like that many new bands and and the result is like I sorry this is such a long answer but like the the result is is uh you know bands will come on they'll hit me up like right when they want to promote something and I'm like we're booked till February but you can yeah. come on then so that's kind of a PSA for any bands that want to come on too is like hit us up as early as you can so we can do that but you guys um I think you guys hit me up cuz you have a you're a very interesting band let's just get that out of the way um in terms of sound like i listened to that single which it's only a minor threat cover in in name you know what i mean like it's it's very much a jazz song but it's an awesome it's sweet jazz and i'm just curious like just take me through that process like what what was the thought process behind that and like why like what do you guys have like jazz backgrounds or just like what was the idea and you know the process of coming up with that as a single
3: so um william and hey william speaking of speak of the devil speak of the (laughs) devil so um yeah as far as filler uh william and mark and uh michael all have jazz backgrounds in the detroit jazz scene and then i like have a little bit of a jazz background, but like I wouldn't really like go so far as to call myself a jazz musician, but I did like uh study jazz in college, if that counts for anything, which I don't really think it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to
0: me, it does.
3: And um Ben, you know
1: more than a lot of other people. I but, will say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Hmm. But basically, uh basically the uh the thought process I had behind that was like combining well I think that um, there are like some similarities like ethically and artistically between like hardcore punk specifically like positive hardcore straight edge DIY like that type of punk like there's like similarities between that and jazz specifically like bebop hard bop post bop modern modern jazz like there are like similarities in those things like for one like with bebop like that was like really revolutionary music that was like meant to sort of drop a bomb on like all other music that came before it basically those musicians like dizzy gillespie and charlie parker and um i don't know kenny clark whoever like they all like made music that was so advanced like only they could play it and um they were really like anti like uh i don't know i don't know how to say this they're really anti um like white supremacy like that music anti-bullshit really
0: basically
3: <laughs> i'd say i'd say anti-white supremacy like the music was really like a a thing about like like black power i felt to me like in, in, in a right, certain right. sense and like um there's like a revolutionary aspect like to jazz music. And like, that's something that a lot of times like people like forget about, there's actually this really good quote from, um, Archie Shepp, who's like a, a jazz uh, saxophonist. And, um, he says the, I'm paraphrasing, but he says the, uh, the purpose of the jazz musician ought to be to liberate America aesthetically and socially from its inhumanity. And I think like that, if that is the, uh, if that is the thesis of jazz music, then that thesis is very similar to the thesis of hardcore punk. I also think that like in jazz, there is like a certain sense of duty to the craft and to the music, um, that, uh, involves like self-discipline and self-respect and like believing in yourself, which is like really similar to DIY. Like if you want to book, yeah, a DIY tour, like you have to believe in yourself. You have to like say, like, okay, I'm gonna somehow get from Michigan to I, I don't know, like New Jersey. I'm gonna get from Michigan to New Jersey, and I'm gonna get there like myself without the help of a booking agent, without whatever. And so, like, I, what I wanted, yeah, go on, oh, go on, sorry.
0: Oh no, no, no. I, I finish your thought, and then because I I don't want to get too far ahead because I had like a something to say about something you said, sort of in the middle. But finish uh, your thought, and then I'll get back to it.
3: But um, what I wanted to do was, like, sort of focus on how, like, the music of, like, Minor Threat, which is why we did a Minor Threat cover, like, the music of Minor Threat, like, helped prepare me to be able to take on, like, jazz music, like, the ethical... You know, everyone knows about the ethics of like Discord and and Fugazi and all that stuff. All that stuff yeah. like helped like prepare me for understanding the music of John Coltrane, for example. And what really this cover is supposed to be, it's supposed to be a, a a fusion of like Minor Threat and John Coltrane. That's really what I was going for. See, th-
0: what's interesting to me is because I I didn't know. I'm what I'm interested in is the ethical similarities between like that type of like positive punk and jazz. And I, first of all, I didn't really know that at all. I mean, I know like blues was was pretty popular for, you know, like when it was first coming out, um, like as like a black power type thing. I know it had that sort of reputation. I wasn't as familiar with jazz. I guess I'd kind of understood that on some level, but I didn't realize that, you know, I the parallels between jazz and like punk never really stood out to me. I never really put two and two together. But I'm just you know this isn't a criticism of jazz or anything. But I think they differ largely in their execution because I think like, um, with punk you know it's very straightforward, obvious that like what their social agenda is, and because you know it's like in the lyrics, it's in the aggression. Of the of the music, you know, and I think that with jazz, it, it's maybe a little bit more beneath the surface. But I think it's I think it's cool that, um, you guys did this cover because now I, I realize that there are those similarities. I think that like the fact that you did a punk, a jazz cover of a punk song kind of puts extra emphasis on the fact that jazz actually does have those, um, and had or at least had those intentions. Um, I'm just curious. Do you think modern jazz still has that same type of uh i guess like i don't want to say social agenda sounds like it has like a negative connotation but i don't mean it that way but do you you still feel like modern jazz is still doing that or do you think it was something that was more in like the days of john coltrane
3: no no i think like um the the biggest example that comes to my mind of like a contemporary jazz musician who's like really pushing boundaries socially with his music. I'd have to say is Ambrose Akamussari. Uh, he's a trumpet player. He signed to blue note records. Um, and, uh, like if you listen to his album, like uh, the imagined savior is far easier to paint. Um, like, um, there are a few songs on there that, um, I think like definitely deal with like black lives matter and deal with like race struggles in America and also he makes music that is reflective of pop culture cuz jazz at, at its best has this way of reflecting the world around it right and so like if you're a fan of bjork for example you might like his music because like he takes like that sort of style if you like regina spector like i'm a huge regina spector fan like he takes all of those types of things and then combines it in this like postmodern free jazz landscape uh with like elements of R and B and gospel and hip hop and all that and like makes this like beautiful future music, you know, music of the future, which is what like um, you know, Bebop and modern jazz really is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the music of the future. Which I'm not, you know, trying to talk myself up and say that our music is the music of the future, because honestly right, I, just, right. I just write indie rock songs. Like I don't know if you're a fan of Archers of Loaf, but I just I just like listen to I just listen to punk bands. <laughs> I just listen to bands <laughs> and like write songs. But like um uh well, i, no, think, I like, listened to
0: some of your other music and and like you're definitely it was it was more like low key you know it was like kind of like acoustic ish you know like had like an indie folk type of vibe at least one of the like the singles that i listen to i think like the sky likes the rain or something like that
3: um uh, yeah i think uh like a lot a lot of the stuff i write is just like sort of like whatever I can come up with. I really like the replacements and Regina Specter and Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker is like probably the biggest influence on my songwriting. Um, and yeah, but you're talking to me a lot. I mean, there's six other or five other people you should, you should ask, ask, ask someone else some questions.
4: Should, should we maybe go and introduce ourselves? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that would be a good thing. We can kind of go into some of those items there. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay Isaac <laughs> you want to introduce yourself
4: <laughs> my name is Isaac um, my roommate Emily and I live in uh Pointe and we we're it's like right outside Detroit and Emily sings I play guitar and that's that's kind of it we're, we're all kind of in the same boat we like a lot of indie music and I don't know a lot of classic rock stuff and I don't know, 80s pop music. We do like definitely like jazz. We've been living in um, Detroit for around five years or so in the Detroit area Um, and just kind of generally in the music scene. But a lot of our friends were in the, you know, like Ben and a couple other guys were in the um, like jazz program at Wayne and stuff. So that's just kind of how we all linked up. The two best genres, jazz and
3: 80s pop. I'm loving it. Big time, big time. (laughs) I love it. Benny I love it.
0: Benny are you like a jazz fan? I I I would we've never had a jazz any like anything even related to jazz on this podcast so I wasn't sure like
2: um, um I have like a slight familiarity because and like I never really pursued it after high school but I was in the jazz ensemble at my high school playing piano for 4 years. So and I mean it was always nice. something that I was interested in and I loved the music but I always kind of felt like a little bit not confident in pursuing it because it was like this actually requires a lot of technical skill which i unfortunately do not have like that's
3: oh sorry go on
2: like i will always have the most respect when it comes to musicians for jazz musicians because it like i feel like it has so much more nuance than any other type of genre really
3: that's like one of the things I think is like really hard was hard for me. Like on my like journey with the drum set, you know, which is my main instrument, like, you know, listening to famous jazz drummers, it's like, Whoa, like how, how the fuck did they do that? Like, that's insane. And like, even seeing like local, like Detroit jazz drummers, like uh, there's this um, guy that we're friends with named Lewis Jones. who's like a phenomenal drummer. It's like, how does he, how does he do that? How does he play like that? And it's like one of the things that's really cool about punk music and like made me like love punk music is that like punk music is like the great democratization. It like democratizes music basically says like, hey, like anyone that even thinks about playing music could totally play a song. It's like Joe Strummer fucking saying like, oh, you think you can do better? Get up here and try. And it's like, yeah, you know, and that's that's kind of what I would like to do with our type of thing is like, say, like, yeah, like you know, just, you know, give it a go, give it, you know, give it a go, have fun, have fun with it and try to like, you know, um, express yourself and like find your voice. And that doesn't have to be with jazz. It can be with like anything, like any type of music or art or just like whatever you do that, like, you know, no one's gonna, no one's going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. You got to believe in yourself. I think that's like, I don't know. That's what punk taught me and like jazz, like helped me like, have that affirmed for me yeah. hell yeah, yeah.
2: that's those. those are just words i need to live by just in my general day-to-day in every facet of my life honestly but like yeah i've always had like a passing and like a passing interest in jazz like i still think uh night in tunisia is still probably one of the best songs i've ever heard in general i have like a playlist on spotify just satisfied aside for different interpretations of that jazz standard yeah i feel like we uh i accidentally
0: like derailed your introductions i just realized there's like a million of you guys on here <laughs> i just looked at the the list but um yeah if you guys want to keep going through like who y'all are
1: i'm there's, Mark- like, literally like six of you guys right or five uh, I, I can't count i think there's six yeah including oh. Ben. oh okay cool i'm i'm mark by the way uh i also play guitar um and i'm one of the people that went to wayne that's how i met uh ben uh yeah yeah <laughs> it's
3: easier
0: I'm... when we're all in person and you can
1: actually yeah. see yeah i but if uh the other three people want to introduce themselves.
2: I guess I'll go. Um, my name is Michael King. I'm the bass player. I'm more comfortable on the upright bass. Um, I met Ben when I was going to Wayne, obviously, as for mentioned earlier. And um, yeah, I'm still I'm not in college right now, but I'm still like going through the jazz studies program. But yeah, it's been a great honor being in Ben's band. I've been able to see a lot more colors of music and yeah, it's just really a cool thing to see all the diversity. Well,
3: well, damn, damn. Thanks, man. It's all good. Yeah, man.
2: What's up, everyone? Um, my name is William. I play keys, and yeah, man. I met Ben and the guys. Just you know, uh, yeah. When I was sitting at Wayne State, we were both in a, in a in a in a Vincent Chandler's big band. That's sort of how we hooked up and stuff. And yeah, I really like being a part of it too. It's just very original and creative stuff. And it's just I don't know. I just I, don't know, I, just, I just I just really dig it for sure.
5: Else, uh, my name is Emily. I live with Isaac. I sing in this group. I met um, Ben and Mark through people that I knew at Wayne State, and uh, met the other guys through this group. But it's been it's been a great uh, eye opening experience you know, being being a part of this.
0: Well, yeah, I think this is the most people I've ever had on a Discord. And so apologies to the listeners or whatever if there's like blank spaces just because we can't see each other. So it's kind of like hard to pass the torch sometimes. Um, but I wanted to ask. Um, just in speaking of, of, of jazz and like I will I will be honest, like most of our audience or most of the episodes I've had is is more like indie rock and punk and, you know, emo, things like that. But I'm into a lot of stuff, and I figure it's my podcast, so I'll have whoever I want, you know, and try to branch things out. And you guys are kind of a product of that. Um, so I appreciate you guys coming on and everything. It's But this is very probably much going to be like an educational <laughs> listen for like st- the, the normal listeners who are into like those other genres that I mentioned. And I, I just have like different questions about, jazz like the, one of the first that comes to mind is like why is it that i mean not that you'll have like a perfect answer or anything like that but it's just curious to me that like jazz is so cool but i think it's one of those it has like a notorious reputation as being like inaccessible for certain people it's like some some people just like you just utter the word jazz and they're like <coughs> oh no you know what i mean like whereas i guess there's other genres like that but i'm just wondering if if you guys have any thoughts on on jazz, or maybe if someone looks at it that way, maybe there's like other ways that people could look at jazz that make it more accessible
1: to them. Yeah, I, I think I can try to answer that question. Um, so I kind of looked at jazz in the same way when I started playing, and I think one of the reasons why that was the case was because uh, I hadn't really l- understood like. First of all, like the cultural significance um, and like the tradition. And second of all, I didn't really listen to the music the way that I listen to the music now, um, because the way that we listen to music uh, really determines the way that we uh, process that music. So like um, Benny mentioned that he thinks that Night in Tunisia is one of the greatest songs. And there's probably a reason for it. It's probably, I mean, I I can't speak for him, but I can say for myself that, you know, that's one of those tunes that like, just doesn't sound like anything else you've ever heard. And I think that one of the main things that pushes people away is that reason. Because they listen to it and they're like, I've never heard this. And this is like, really what it is, it's, it's challenging to listen to. But once you kind of, step up to the plate and like listen and really listen and spend some time with the recording you'll you'll be amazed at what you hear because it's one of those things where you'll listen to it thousands of times and you'll keep coming back to the same recording and being like completely stupefied by what like you're you're listening to you know because there's always something new to find and part of that is because there isn't a consistent thing that's going on you know when you listen to for example, like not even trying to put it down, but like dubstep, for example, you know that the drop is going to come. It's just, how is that drop going to come? Right. With jazz, it's like, there's different genres in jazz. Um, like, you know, traditional, more traditional stuff like Louis Armstrong, all the way back to like Bessie Smith and then stuff that's a little bit more modern, like bebop. And then you get into like John Coltrane and then like free jazz and stuff like there's so much different stuff and you like you really don't know what to expect and that's because they're improvising like most of the time they're they're improvising and they're not going to play the same thing and i think that's one of the things that makes it so beautiful so one of the things that i think that what people should do and and what is nice now is that there's so much jazz now i mean like if we put jazz in quotation marks because honestly they're it's it's jazz is like kind of the older stuff and that's like a debated issue but um point is is that there's so much jazz there's so much of this music uh that is readily available from like the traditional stuff all the way to the stuff that's being made now it's like you can find something that you will like you can find like jazz like dubstep i mean i don't know i i haven't found it but like you can find like jazz musicians playing with like an electronic thing happening in the background. You can find bad,
4: bad, not good.
1: Yeah. Like bad, bad, not good. Uh, there's another dude named Jesse Fitch Fisher who did like a disco cover of like a Freddie Hubbard tune. Freddie Hubbard's a trumpet player. Um, and then they improvise on that and it actually sounds good, you know? Um, but one of the, the, the last thing I'll say about it is that I think a lot of people, forget that jazz was originally a music for entertainment people look at jazz music now they sit at a club and they sit and they watch the musicians right um and that's like a huge part of it too because like when you're watching jazz that's like half of the equation to make it this amazing thing because when you're actually watching the musicians doing everything and playing for 20 minutes straight on like one song and really like really like Milking this song for everything it's worth and like trying to m- make something new. like that is part of it. That's like a huge part of it. But the other thing is that jazz, you know, originally was music that people should dance to. And um, I think that for a lot of people, they don't necessarily understand that, but then they'll listen to like hip hop and R and b and you know pretty much most modern pop music now. And they'll forget to realize that all of that stuff comes from the tradition. It comes from the jazz tradition and like elements come from all of that stuff. Rhythm is huge from that, you know, all of that stuff, it it stems from jazz. Um, Oh yeah. So like, I think that, you know, for somebody who is trying to get into it, you know, you just have to look, you just have to like search and, and ask questions and like, try to like open your ears up because that's really what it's all about, you know, and, and you'll never be bored with it because you're always yeah. going to find some new thing, you know?
0: Yeah. I think my kind of like the way I would answer my own question, would be to just like, go watch it. Um, like if you, if you're curious about jazz, like I think like if you can find a way to go see it live, that's the best intro to it you know like i'm i'm the type of like i love it's one of my favorite things to see live musically is jazz but you 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 won't catch me just listening to it uh, personally mm-hmm. and that's not because like i don't like it or whatever but i mean I'll, I'll maybe you know what i'll put on is like smooth piano jazz like if i'm studying or something like that That's 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 like a go-to for me um because it just kind of like like you said it's challenging to listen to so it kind of like gets my mind going It kind of occupies my mind and it gets it firing on on more cylinders mm-hmm. you know and that sort of puts me in the headspace to like you know function more optimally mentally and i'm sure there's studies on like the effects of jazz on the brain you know and i'm sure it like increases i mean i'm talking out of my ass here but i'm pretty sure that there's probably something like that um but yeah i i think that definitely seeing it live i would put it in a similar category to like psychedelic rock in terms of like much better live. Um, in my opinion because like because of the improvisation because of the way the inst- uh, the musicians are actually like communicating through their um through their instruments and um that kind of leads me to a question i have so like when it comes to jazz recordings some of i mean so much of jazz is, is is the interplay between the musicians and like the improvisation so are most jazz recordings done like live in studio or are they like tracked Individually, more often. Yeah, mo-
3: most most jazz recordings are done either live in the studio or performed live, like at a club, and recorded. But as far the, the other thing I wanted to say really quick is, I think um like why some jazz isn't more accessible. I think honestly is just because like just like with any genre, like a lot of jazz isn't very good. Like just like with punk music, like there are so many punk bands that just suck. Like there are so many rock bands that you just like wouldn't want to listen to. You know, <laughs> like and i think a lot of times with like jazz musicians and like the jazz gatekeeper people like they treat like all jazz like every song is a masterpiece and that's like just frankly not true like the other thing i think is like a lot of times like songs certain jazz songs or artists that like are really popular like really shouldn't be as popular as they are and like less popular things should be in the limelight just like with emo mm-hmm. or or punk or like or indie rock or whatever like they're like You know, I'm sure like everyone is pissed that, you know, some band who's famous is like, they're like, oh, that band shouldn't be famous and this like less popular band should be famous. Like, or like Green Day and Jawbreaker would be a great example. Like, like, yeah, you could say, oh, yeah, Green Day, they're not that good. They're not the real shit. But Jawbreaker is the real shit. And like, it's the same with jazz. Like, you know. You may say that, like you know, Kenny G. No one, no one should be listening to Kenny G. Really, should be listening to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something else. I don't but know. I, even yeah. then, I, I feel like, even then, I feel like the
0: barrier to entry is much greater for jazz because, like, even a shitty jazz band is probably better than a shitty punk band, just because, like, even to be jazz, I feel like you have to have a little bit more technical proficiency. Yeah, but you would, I don't you would be surprised. Matters.
3: Yeah, it, it. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think like some of the best musicians like are self-taught. Some of the like, Like my (laughs) personally, my favorite musicians, like the musicians that have affected my life the most, are like not technical musicians. You know, they're not like like virtuosos. Like, really, the only I'd say the only like there are two virtuosos who like really touched me, and that's Thelonious Monk and John Coltrane. Those those men are virtuosos, and like their their music have really affected me. But like, other than that, like it's like songwriters, like you know, and anyone can be, anyone can be a songwriter, just like anyone can be like a jazz musician, like anyone can can do it. it doesn't matter like how much talent you no, have. I, like I, it's I
0: agree. I think I think what I, the point because I, I agree with you on that. The point I'm making is more like what? if you're not a very good musician to begin with or not a good songwriter, it's it's jazz is an odd entry point because <laughs> like I feel like you have to be sort of already kind of good in order to play jazz, or at least that's my understanding of it, you know, with like the odd times and the improvisations, it doesn't seem like a novice, um, you know, genre to start off with. Whereas like punk, it has the whole vibe of like, just garage, like pick up your guitar, play super easy bar chords and just, you know, annoy the neighbors type thing. But is it? You mentioned like shitty jazz bands, and I wouldn't really know. But is there like this? Are there bands out there where like literally people are like learning their instrument, but yet they're playing jazz? Like that must be awful.
3: <laughs> there, that's really there. If like if you talk to like um, any, uh, if you talk to like uh, Mark or, or Mike about this, like we can both think of. I think one person in who's not very there anyway. Um, in particular, there's one <laughs> person in particular, we're thinking. That I think we're all thinking about. But um, Wait, who, who are we thinking about? Not, I can we, think don't, of... we don't. need to. We don't need to go. Need to go okay. There. But like, I can but it. like, um. But uh, but no, I mean, like, it, it's. I think good music is like this. It's like. It's like. Do you want to listen to it? Like you know, like it's like if you want to listen to it, then it's like really good. Like if you want, if like you know. It, that could be anything that could be like you know any anything like I'm looking at my cassettes right now and there's a great death cassette in front of me and like you know like that's great music because like I really want to listen to it that's like fantastic songwriting like I'm looking at I'm just looking at my cassettes like what else like Cleon's down they're like an old emo band like that's like great music is like like is that better than like some random jazz musician? Or, like, is some random jazz musician, like, better than that? Like, it's not, you know, it's subjective. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. yeah I,
2: I kind of understand where Brian's coming from, but also in, like, a different perspective. I feel like in regards to jazz music, I feel like in that genre specifically, synergy among an ensemble members and dynamic among ensemble members is so much more important than most other genres. Yeah. In like, my opinion.
3: Mm-hmm. But Oh,
0: sorry, sorry. I I was I got sidetracked because there's like music playing in my room for some reason. My bad. But um, no, I I agree, and I think like the synergy. It, to compare the two, like I guess like the synergy between the musicians on a jazz band, it, it's going to be more it's more important like the actual musical synergy whereas like the synergy between like punk musicians it's more about like how are they feeding off each other's energy because you know a wrong note in a punk show is gonna be like ah fuck it who cares you probably won't even hear it because it'll be so loud that like you know the actual frequencies will be altered no, no one really cares but like if i feel like if the synergy is off in a jazz band, like musically, it's going to be a lot more blaring and a lot more glaringly obvious. So, so the yeah.
1: thing actually about that is that, um, what you just described, like feeding off of each other's energy is like a huge part of jazz music. Like if you listen to the John Coltrane quartet in like the, uh, early, like the sixties, that's all, that, that music is so loud. I, I don't remember who it was. It's like a folk musician. And he he was talking about a story when he went to see the John Coltrane uh, quartet play. And he, he comes in the club and it's really loud and it's really aggressive. And, and uh, you know, Alvin Jones, he's the drummer. He's just like one of the best drummers of all time. And it's just so loud and just banging on the cymbals. And then John Coltrane comes in on the on the soprano saxophone and just starts, like, wailing as, as loud as he possibly can. And the thing is with that stuff is, like, there's so much energy there. And honestly, like, a lot of the times, it sounds like they're playing the wrong notes, you know? But it's, like, that's what some of the music is, like, kind of like that, where it's, like, we're not playing like the right notes we're playing like you know if you play a wrong note it's like that just adds to the tension or that adds to the energy so it's like ben was saying earlier that there's a lot of similarities to like punk and jazz like that's like another one of those you know
0: yeah i'm one of those people where there's like i i'm i am self-taught and like you're really kind of speaking my language because like the way I learn, the way I write oftentimes is is through mistakes, and mm-hmm. it's like f- taking a wrong note and figuring out how to make it not a wrong note. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that wasn't what I thought, that wasn't what I heard in my head when I was playing this riff, but it happened, so now how do I, you know, fake it till I make it? How do I make this into like it, it you know you have to like kind of bend the vibe of the song sometimes or like bend the key a little bit which helps if you don't mm-hmm. understand keys like me you right. know it, it helps if you only have like a visceral understanding and not like a technical understanding i mean that's like the one silver lining i think of not knowing music theory is like it's okay like i don't know what mistake i made i all i know is i need to write i need to write the ship and like that type of approach has made me a lot, lot better at like playing guitar solos or just like improvising in general. And, um, yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about jazz is, is the ability to do that. And I will say the drums, I have to shout out your drummer. Uh, the drums are incredible on that (laughs) single. Like that's my favorite. I mean, I, I can't play drums. So I'm the most fascinated by drums. Like whenever I see a band live, I'm constantly watching the drummer. Um, it just props like that was that was really
2: awesome like i just you know
0: very good jazzy
2: drums very good thank dynamically you. yeah thank you i appreciate it yeah. my heart always fills with joy whenever i hear a drummer that reminds me of art blakey because he is my favorite drummer of all
3: time i was actually just listening to art blakey the other day because um god what is that song mark what was that song i asked you to tell me the name of that art blakey song pensativa Pensativa. Yeah. I was listening to that record. What record is that on? Do you know, what That's, that
1: on? Uh, the record called the free for all it's Art Blakey and the jazz messengers.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was listening to that the other day. It's a great I tune. To that. Um, I, I just kind of want to throw this out there. I don't know
4: how, how well this will relate, but I know you've talked about, um, just like generally approaching jazz and stuff. And just speaking for myself, I know Ben, you kind of touched on this. Um, but like hip hop, at least for me, has been like a huge kind of like introduction, I think, or it's, it's definitely over the years that I've listened to to jazz on like a regular basis and hip hop on a regular basis, um, you know, that I've found a lot of similarities and a lot of really easy ways to look at things. And I'm like, I by no means consider myself a jazz musician, you know, Um, but I, I find that makes things in my own eyes, you know, a lot easier to see. And I'm sure you can find that, you know, in a lot of other like subgenres, you know? Um, but I think what I was going to like talk about was language though. I think th- the more you listen to that kind of stuff, you know, the more, and the more you hear repetition of things, I think, I think that's a big factor too. You know, it's like, it's like exercising. If you don't eat right and you exercise, you know, it's the other side of the coin. If you don't listen and observe things, you know, and try to really understand it. Um, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to get there. And I think like, it's what's cool about that kind of music for me too, is I've been lucky enough to, you know, I've been around people who know a lot of like a wide variety of jazz, you know, and to kind of be around a lot of the jazz students here in Detroit, um, who have been exposed to different kinds of jazz, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that I think also, which is really important can inspire you, you know, I know, like, uh, and I don't know how far this falls into jazz, but, like, Herbie Hancock, Hunters, like, that album, that that I think hits, a, you know, a huge level of jazz. I think it, it hits a huge level of hip-hop, almost. I'm sure that song has been sampled ten times over, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's just kind of my, my two cents there. hmm I think you can see it all, you know, like, the jazz footprints
0: all over the place, like, Radiohead even, like it's it's i guess it's more like buried in there but like a lot of their time signatures like a lot of like 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 kid a for example that album it's very electronic and that's kind of its signature but like there's jazz footprints all over that record in terms of like d- arrangements and um like time signatures and ch- changes and things like that i at least i think that it, it sounds like it to me anyways i'm pretty sure I've i've heard that confirmed like i said i don't really understand like music theory well enough to like pinpoint exactly, oh, this particular part is, is is jazz influence, but I'm pretty sure that's just like a, a well known thing that like jazz plays a role in it. And also, you know, bands like American football, um, where there's like a lot of odd time signatures and things like that. I, I just and like polyrhythms. I think I feel like polyrhythms are huge in jazz, and I feel like without jazz, you wouldn't see it in some of these like you know more more like emo or you know alternative type acts where it's the, the jazz influences are kind of i don't want to say hidden but they're more blended into where it's like you don't listen to a song and like oh this is very jazzy but you know it has its influences you know so i think it's ironically a lot of people who like are immediately turned off by the term jazz probably listen to a lot of music that wouldn't exist without jazz so i think it's good to at least have a baseline understanding of honestly really any genre if you're a musician like I feel like the more you can open up your mind to different genres as a musician, like you don't have to like them all, but to like, to at least have a baseline understanding of like what their origins are, what they're trying to achieve. You know, it can only make you better. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of a rant. I rant sometimes, but anyways, I, I had another question. I kind of wanted to like shift gears a little bit and ask you. So, I. Uh, at least in Benny and I seen like, you know, like the indie emo scene, you know, we're in the Detroit area, you know, so we're probably, um, familiar with the same places. Um, but like in terms of like live shows, you know, we're playing in basements, you know, you're lucky if you get a good venue show. Um, but I'm just curious, like what, what are the, what's the live jazz scene like? I mean, are there DIY jazz shows or is it like, mostly like cocktail lounges or uh it's
3: like clubs like- and it's like mostly clubs and stuff but like i i i i came out of like the detroit like punk scene there was this like real thriving scene in like uh southeast warren uh with this like club called the pan shop and then there was a place called the topher house and i used to be i used to be in a band with uh jack from mover shaker uh we were called uh, the flax and uh we played a lot we were like just a straight ahead punk band and then I was in a band called Broadacre. We were like a emo band like like a small brown bike, that type of music. Um, and so like you know, we played like all like the bars and house parties and stuff like that. And so like with this band, we haven't got a big chance to play a whole lot just because of coronavirus and stuff. But we've done like a few bars and like I think like one or two house parties. And like stuff like that, we actually have we haven't played any jazz clubs. There's like a couple like real legit jazz clubs in Detroit, and like what we do is like not really. We're not really like a jazz band, so we wouldn't like really fit in at those right. places. Yeah. yeah,
0: I keep forgetting that we talk about jazz so much because it's so fascinating to me. But I keep forgetting that that was kind of like a single that you guys did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just curious in general, like if if there are like. First of all, jazz or like playing at a house party. A jazz band at a house party seems like such a swanky like classy thing to do. <laughs> I would definitely they're given me ideas. Uh, um but yeah, I have, have you guys like, you know, switching gears to saying like, you know, you're not fully on a jazz band, so what do you guys have any plans to tour? I mean, coming out of this pandemic.
3: I mean, um we're putting out an EP um, that's going to come out sometime in the next month or so. And um, we got some like live videos that were recorded in the before times uh, that are going to come out also. And uh, at some point next year, I'd like to record and I'd like to tour, but you know, when, um, when stuff, uh, when it makes when it makes sense to make those plans, we'll probably make those plans. But like right now, I think it's still too up in the air. So, like, what would
0: you say are some of the influences for the, like the rest of your guys' catalog in general? Like, like if you're to give like a four fans of type thing, like what do you guys listen to that inspires your music, and who do you think you would kind of like, like meshed well with on well, a me playlist or something?
3: Me and Emily do all the songwriting, so I'll give my answers, and then Emily can give her answers. So, like, I'd have to say, like, Archers of Loaf and The Replacements and Jawbreaker and maybe Modest Mouse. And, like, those are like the non jazz answers. And then they're like jazz answers. And, oh, and Regina Spectre, big Regina Spectre fan. Gotta, that's, that's probably it for me. what do, What do you think, Emily?
5: Sorry. Um, (laughs) So um, for the stuff that I typically write um, for myself and um, for the group, uh, some of my uh, bigger influences include a lot of female songwriters. Um, So like Joni Mitchell, um, Carol King, Angel Olsen, uh, Sharon Van Etten, uh, some ladies of the like, um, but I, I have I, I, I also try to um, not not so much I guess in this group, but 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 I guess get some uh, R and B influences as well from other other bands, but yeah, that's me.
0: Would you guys say that like lyrically it's the same sort of influences or do you have like favorite lyricists that you feel like influenced your stuff?
3: Um, I don't know. I mean, lyricists I really like probably like Blake Schwarzenbach and also Regina Spector is like a huge influence and, Bob Dylan, I guess, although that's kind of a, that's kind of a pretty, uh, normie. That's pretty normie answer, but Bob (laughs) Dylan. That's okay. I mean, you did a, again, you did a jazz
0: cover of a minor threat song, so I don't think anyone's going to question you as, as a normie. I think it's a very non-normie thing to do. So you've built up equity. It's okay to have Bob Dylan
3: as an influence. (laughs) The the, the secret is I have a live, laugh, love tattoo. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Suburban mom,
0: I like it. But, uh, well, Benny's computer completely shut down and we're about at about the time where I would normally wrap up anyway, so um, I hope we didn't talk about jazz too much, but I'm just very interested in all that stuff, and you guys definitely had a really I felt good about this conversation, and I felt like I actually learned something, which I can't say about every episode, as much as I love doing every episode. Don't always learn something. But um, I want to give you guys a chance to you know promote where where your music can be found online or your social medias or anything like that where people can find you guys
3: uh, you can find us on Instagram at blank tape tax and on Twitter is the same and we have a Facebook somewhere and we have a band camp and we have a YouTube channel and the YouTube channel actually has like more music on it than anywhere else and then we're on Spotify and stuff too cool
0: all right well um yeah thanks again for coming on and um you know hit us up down the road if there's ever anything new that you guys are promoting or whatever and uh, i will let you know when your episode is next up to to be out
3: hell yeah thank you so much for having us i really appreciate it
0: yeah no problem at all like i said anytime uh pleasure talking with you guys
3: pleasure talking with you too thank you very much all right you guys have a good night
0: and there you have it episode 97 invite the neighbors that was blank tape tax check out their single check out their music it's on spotify um thanks for listening you know like i said if you want to have an ad at the beginning of the episode like you heard for our sponsor two foot parade just hit us up invite the neighbors at gmail.com it's super super affordable and we can do a per episode basis or discounted for if you buy a month at a time um anyways thanks for listening share this episode rate review the podcast on your platform of choice check out our website invite the um and yeah coming up on 100 episodes so uh got some really big r- biggest episode we've done in in my opinion for episode 100 so
5: stay tuned all right thanks guys